Hello and welcome to Beckett Talks, the podcast series from Leeds Beckett University. In these podcasts, we will be showcasing our diverse community of students and academics, touching on the important themes that surround universities today. My name is Henry Irving and I'm a senior lecturer in public history at Leeds Beckett University. I lead a module called Public History Project where students create work designed to be shared beyond the university. In March 2021 we launched a website to commemorate the worst air raid on Leeds during the Second World War. Our project included a map of locations that were bombed but its significance was much deeper. The students treated the air raid as a piece of social history, as an event that shaped people's lives. Here's one of the students, Leanne Spate, Tell us more about how they did it. So my group looked at the role of women in the Leeds Blitz in 1941. And we wanted to look at not just women's involvement in the services, but how women were involved in other aspects of life too. So we went about finding different stories, um, looking at different databases. So we looked at things like images, um, newspaper articles, to try and piece together a more wide picture of what it was like to be a woman in that time. And, and what did you find? Was there anything there that surprised you or did it sort of fit with your expectations? Um, I think we found that we were quite surprised by some of the stories that came out from the newspapers especially, um, particularly things that might not have been spoken about but were kind of mentioned in the newspaper briefly. So there was a story of a waitress who'd been involved in a fire and she just rushed out with sandbags and went about putting the fire out. And it was just kind of briefly mentioned in the newspaper as something that might happen every day. Where for us, that's quite uh, unusual and remarkable. It's an act of heroism, really. And it was just seen as something that anybody would do in that circumstance. And your group then, you were using newspapers, you were using databases. And I mean, what was the range of sources that you used? Um, we looked at the Commonwealth War Graves. Um, civilian death register because we came across an image of a house on Bellevue Road and it was the later period after the war and there was a house missing and when we looked through the um, West Yorkshire fire records and the bomb census there wasn't much of a mention about a house being destroyed on Bellevue Road and we wanted to find out what had happened to this house so we went about searching for Bellevue Road in the um, civilian war graves and we came across um, a couple that had actually been, I think they were, the lady was called Lily Sheriff, um, and we came across the couple, they'd been involved and that theirs was the house that got hit by um, a high explosive bomb. There was no record of their, um, in, I can't say that word, incendiary bomb. <laughs> um and we managed to piece together from the newspaper articles that covered their funeral and explained about the bombing. Um, there was the record showing that they'd been found, um, unfortunately, passed away. And we managed to piece together 
this picture of what had happened on Bellevue Road that night. Lily Sheriff and her husband Thomas were killed alongside two of their neighbours when a stick of bombs fell in the Rosebank area of Leeds. The couple were buried at Harehill Cemetery in coffins draped with Union flags. Their story is a good example of the detective work that the students carried out. But the project was not just about research, it also had to be shared. At this point we were joined by Diana Bell, who told us how she found out about the project. Well, really, um, BBC Television, um, our regional news programme, featured Leanne talking about the project that the university was doing. And the, my parents were married on the 15th of March. So, and it, it had always been a significant date in our family calendar, obviously. Um, but the, what Leanne opened with was it, the 80th anniversary of the significant raid on Leeds. And I thought, oh, yes, so it is, 14th of March. So um, I sort of listened to what, what you were doing. And I sort of thought, should I, should I actually tell somebody about my parents' story? Because they actually got married on the morning after the raid. And I had a lot of documentation to support what they actually experienced. So the next day I decided I would ring the university and see if anybody was interested in the story. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, and I'm um, yeah, very, very glad that you did because it's a, a fascinating a fascinating account. Um, can you just tell us a little bit more about your, your parents' experience? So you mentioned that they were married the day after the raid. Yeah. What else do you know about that? What, what was happening at the time? Um, the raid itself, I don't know, I don't know much um, other than the, when the sirens went on the 14th, the night of the 14th, um, my grandma, my mum tried to get her mother down into the cellar because that's where they went when the air raid went. And um, she wouldn't go. Um, and her response was, I don't think Hitler will want to bomb me. I'm staying here. She was making some finishing touches to her wedding outfit, I think, at the time. So um, that's just a little bit that I know about the evening of the raid. Um, but it was really the reality of the damage that had been caused the next day, which was really going to impact on their wedding arrangements. Fortunately, they didn't have many guests at the wedding because people didn't travel during the war. Um, so there was only um, my father and his brother, who was best man, and, and his wife. And um, my mum had um, a matron of honour and her husband. And then my mum's mother and my father's parents, that was all there was at, at the wedding. And I don't think there was any special clothes bought either. My father had been called up for war service and he was serving actually down on the, on the south coast at, um, oh, I've forgotten the name of it. It'll come back to me. Um, he was in the military police, so he was training on the south coast and had four days leave to come and get married. So my mum had had to buy the wedding rings um, and I suppose there was an element of doubt as to whether the wedding would actually take place or not. Anyway, it did take place uh, and a bomb had dropped on what is now um, Clarendon Road. It was called Reservoir Street at the time and my dad's taxi couldn't get because of the bomb crater so he was 20 minutes late for his wedding. Um, and they had the reception at the Victoria Hotel at the back of the town hall 
and uh, a bomber dropped between the town hall and the hotel. So they had to go in the hotel through the kitchens to have their uh, wedding breakfast. So that's as much as I know really about the actual impact of the, of the bombs that had dropped near to them. There was, um, there was a little bit of discussion locally they thought they were looking for a light engineering works, which was uh, near St Mark's Church in Woodhouse. Um, they obviously missed it, but they, they dropped bombs around it. So, yeah, that's as much as I know, really. We visited the Victoria Hotel after our conversation and tried to imagine what it must have felt like for Diana's parents, Peggy and Bill, on the day of their wedding. Unfortunately, high winds stopped us from being able to record the conversation, but Diana told me she was struck by how narrow the road was and how lucky the hotel had been to avoid damage. I also asked Diana how these stories featured in her family history. You mentioned that the, the, the date was always an important one in your family yeah, calendar. Yeah. Are these stories that they would tell? Oh them? yes, every year. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't born until after the war because um, my dad had four days leave uh, and they were married, went to York for two nights, honeymoon, and then he went back down to East Grinstead on the south coast and um, then he was posted to Palestine. So my mum didn't actually see him again after them, their two days in York until um, the beginning of 1946, so nearly five years. Which is an incredibly long time when it you is. think about it. It is, yeah, yeah. And I think there were other people that experienced the same sort of separation. So Dad came back at the beginning of 46, and then they started their married life. But the wedding itself was obviously one to remember, and those That's stories, right, yes. it seemed as though they were passed down yeah, yeah. to you. And, and because I, I still have the receipt for the wedding rings, I have the receipt for the, the bill for the hotel, where they have their wedding breakfast. So, yeah, I had a lot of um, paper uh, documentation to support the story, which I thought mm. you would be interested in. Whether it's media, history, English literature or creative writing, studying at the School of Cultural Studies and Humanities at Leeds Beckett University challenges its students to think critically and creatively about the world around us. Located in a historic city thriving with graduate employment opportunities, the School of Cultural Studies and Humanities is a community of widely published and prize-winning historians and literary critics, media scholars and professionals, novelists and poets. So, if any of these subjects interest you, whether you're starting out on your educational journey or wishing to progress professionally, go to leedsbeckett.ac.uk forward slash CSH for more information. I think this is a really nice example of, of what we might call public history. It, it, it shows the way that sort of academic and personal histories combine and that they, uh, they really are uh, sort of feeding off one another. Um, and I suppose this is a really interesting question for you, Leanne. I mean, how does it feel knowing that the work that you did and your group did has had this impact and that it, it is sort of tied into those very personal stories? It shows the importance of a project like we were involved in, I think, um, the effect it can have on a community. Um, I had not actually heard of the lead splits or the air raid before we started the project. Mm. So it was something for me to learn. I've lived in Leeds my entire life and I'd never never heard of it never heard it mentioned um as far as I'd always been told 
oh, Leeds didn't really get bombed. And then to find out the significance of what actually happened, it was quite surprising. And I just thought that there might be other people in a similar position to me or even um, older people who weren't alive at the time or didn't have parents who were around who might learn from that. And it's something to, when you're walking around the city, you can pinpoint the areas that you've heard about and... It gives you a new view of things, I think. And I think that's what prompted me to contact you, really, because um, because the story had been told annually for quite a long time. It made me realise how very important the social history is, and I felt it was important that I got in touch with you really. I'm sure if my mum was alive she would say oh don't make a fuss <laughs> but it needed to be recorded I think for, for the city. And Leanne you, you've stayed beyond graduation so you graduated from your, your BA and you're now doing a Masters in Social History and has this experience and have these stories sort of fed into that as well? Yeah, so for a recent piece of research, I decided that I would look at the impact of the Second World War on weddings and how it shaped people's experiences, particularly in things like um, getting a wedding dress or a wedding cake and how they might be changed because they're kind of viewed as something that's just always there. And then to have a situation where people might not be able to buy a wedding dress or might not be able to get the fabric to make one or the ingredients to have a wedding cake. And I wanted to explore how weddings were different and the ways that people sort of preserved tradition or changed tradition to have their own kind of special day in in amongst all this chaos that was going on around them. I think there were people, um, I remember it might have been at the 50th anniversary, there was a picture in the Yorkshire Evening Post of a couple who had got married on the 15th. Um, and she was in a white bridal gown, but my mum didn't have anything special. It might have been a, a, um, a best suit, but she didn't actually, I don't think, go and buy anything special for her wedding day. So You've already hinted there, she still kept those rituals because she was still there absolutely. the night before. She wanted yeah. to make sure that she looked the part. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Although your, your father perhaps manipulating tradition by him being late. Yes, <laughs> that's right, yeah. And he was reminded of it every year. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose there's a similar question for you, Diana. Um, how does it feel seeing your parents' story, something which is obviously very personal, something which has obviously been shared in the past, but how does it feel seeing that now shared um, on the Leeds Blitz website and uh, you know, taken up by students like they are? I think um, it was... It was reassuring, really, that somebody would be interested in it, you know, because for a long time, it was the story was relayed every year. But for a long time, I I just said, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard it all before, <laughs> you know. So I didn't really take a lot of well, I, I took notice of it, but it wasn't something that was paramount in my agenda. So, but it wasn't until, if you hadn't appeared on television and that piece hadn't been on television, I wouldn't have done anything about it. Those papers would have still stayed in the box file and, no, I wouldn't have done anything about it other than I knew the story. So to have it now made public and become part of the Leeds history is really special. 
Fantastic. And I think a really nice example, actually, of a, a project that brings that together. And I mean, all that's left really for me to say is a, a huge thank you to Leanne for what you did and making that side of, this, of the project possible. And Diana for being so willing to share your thank story. Thank you. Thank you yeah, very much. Thank you. If you'd like to find out more, you can read Peggy and Bill's story alongside others at leedsbeckett.ac.uk forward slash leedsplets. Thanks for listening. The Beckett Talk podcasts are released every Tuesday. So don't forget to check our social media channels on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook to find out more details on our next episode. See you next week.